0: You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. I just want to give you a couple thoughts tonight that I think will be a help to you. And were a help to me as I was considering uh, the program, considering the message of the play Um, because I think we could use some more people uh, in our culture today that are a little bit more like the rookie, the rookie angel. Uh, Because we've got a lot of folks today, um, in some ways, and I know it wasn't meant to depict it this way, but in some ways the other angels were like, yeah, that's how it happened. Like, it's no big deal. Like, we've we've known this for a long time. And the rookie angel was like, "I I can't believe it happened this way. In some ways, I think we, we might have gotten a little bit used to the Christmas story. And, and I want to present a couple thoughts to you as we, as we go through here tonight that I think will be a help to just maybe let us see it fresh and anew. Look at chapter, Luke chapter 2. We'll just read a few verses beginning in verse 8. This is a, a familiar passage to many of us. Luke chapter 2, verse 8, it says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And we saw that depicted in the, in the uh, story tonight. And I think my favorite part was the fainting sheep, by the way. So um, that's a little bit of uh, maybe scriptural license or creative license. So verse 9, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid, I would be too. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. The angel says, don't be afraid. This is actually meant to be good news that will provide joy in your life. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Now, you've heard this before, I've heard this before, most of us are familiar with this, but there's a couple of details as we go through that we might get used to. You know, the truth is, the Christmas story, you've heard this before, a good story has a twist, right? A good story, it kind of leads you to a certain place, but then the, the twist comes that you weren't suspecting. Well, in many ways, this entire story is a twist, this entire story of the first Christmas is something that you would not have, have, have predicted. Nobody would have predicted that Christ would be born to a teenage virgin girl. Nobody would have predicted that his earthly father would be a carpenter. We would assume he's a king. Um, nobody would have said, well, uh, there would be no room for the Son of God in, in the inn. No, none of us would say that he would be, well, placed in a feeding trough. Uh, for, if, for a manger, a feeding trough, this, that nobody would think that the shepherds would be the first to see him. See, Christmas is full of surprises. If, if there's a surprise at every, every turn, here's the challenge with that. We're so used to the surprises that it's almost not a big deal to us anymore. We're so used to the story. We're, we're so used to the, to the details. And many of us have sat through Christmas programs like this more times than we can count. We've been to countless pageants We've we've heard the songs. We know the we've heard the sermons. We know the carols um, that have been playing since Fourth of July. It seems like um, we're like Chris, we're we're so saturated with the Christmas story that my challenge and your challenge tonight is this: What's left to be said? I mean, what's left to be said that we haven't heard before? And we know the story so well that when we hear it, it's almost as if we don't hear it. We're not surprised it, It's kind of like this. let's say that somebody has a habit of jumping out and scaring you all the time. okay? At first, uh, how many of you do that to each other at home? okay? Now, in my house, you might get one of these, so I don't do it very often, but I do do it sometimes, and you know I'll jump out and kind of scare my wife and and like the response. Um, but let's just say though that I get really into it and I make a goal of jumping out and scaring her multiple times a day now that would be dangerous to my health okay so I'll start with that but but another reason I don't do that is because after a while she would be so ready for the surprise that it wouldn't be a surprise anymore and she would be so used to it that I would I mean I would jump out and she'd be like eh, you know I mean meh. It'd be one of those, those reactions, one of those responses. And in many ways, the Christmas story can be that way, can't it? And that we've heard it so much that we're like, eh. we're not surprised anymore. It's, it's not like familiarity breeds contempt. We're not hateful toward it, but I would say that we're almost a little bit apathetic to it. So how do you change that? Well, I think the way to fix it tonight is to remember some of the details. And I want to look at a couple of the details. Imagine you're a shepherd on that hillside and you're hearing the details for the very first time. And whether or not the Christmas story surprises us, I can guarantee you this, it surprised the shepherds. And and angels showing up in the middle of the night, that would make me afraid. Bright lights in the sky, I would probably pass out too. Uh, and I'm not sure I would have been able to process what they're saying. You ever been in an emergency situation and somebody's saying something to you and you can't even process what's being said because you're just trying to survive the situation? Uh, that's how I would have been. I would not have been able to process what, were there, what they were saying. And imagine the conversation right after the angels left. Imagine the conversation between the shepherds. You know what I would have been saying? Okay, uh, I remember him saying something about a sign, that he said there's a sign in Bethlehem, but I didn't catch what he said after that. See, I, I, I would be like, okay, I bet the sign is an earthquake. we just got to wait for an earthquake. I bet the sign is another angel band coming out of the sky and singing a Christmas carol to us. I, I bet the sign, I, can, I didn't really hear what he said, but I imagine that the sign is, is the stars falling from the sky... Because God has come to earth, and that deserves a big sign. And then one, one guy in the background who kind of just is, you know, kind of chill about everything and, and didn't really get worked up about it. He's like, no, actually, guys, you know what he said? He said the sign is a baby. A baby. And see, in, yeah, you're like, okay, we knew that. Nobody's surprised. But shouldn't that surprise you? It should surprise you that the sign... Was a baby. See, I would have thought that the sign was the angels announcing it. But that's not what the angels said. The angel said the sign is a baby. Surprise. And, and I just want to take a look or just consider tonight why it should make us, why we should have a response to the fact that, that Jesus came as a baby. Because it really does make a difference. Here's why. The first thing, if Jesus came, as a baby, that means that Jesus was human. See, ye shall find a baby. Um, No one expected that. People expected that God would come as God, but he came as an infant. And you're thinking, okay, why does this matter? No, here's the thing. Jesus came to earth like we all come to earth. He was born by his mother. I mean, I know he was conceived supernaturally, but I mean when he was born it was like everybody else it was completely normal except for the fact that he was in maybe in a barn everything else was pretty normal he was fully god but he was also fully man he was all god and all man the god man two natures in one person and you might say why does it matter why would it matter that he came as a baby well it matters because he was he was born as a human Because of this, because he had to die. See, think about it. If he had come as God, God doesn't die. So he he had to be born as a human because he was eventually going to die. He was born to die. He had to be born like us in order to die like us. He had to be born like us in order to save us. He died on the cross in our place. And he couldn't have done that unless he was a human baby. So the next time somebody says Jesus came as a baby, you might not just be like, "Hmm." you might just stop and consider, oh, you know what? The fact that he came as a baby means I can be saved. The fact that he came as a baby means that he was a human. And as a human, God required a sacrifice. And the sacrifice was Jesus Christ himself. It's evidence that he came to be our savior. He didn't come to be our king. Uh, I mean, he is king, but that wasn't his purpose for coming. He didn't come uh, to uh, rule the earth, or he would have come um, born in a royal palace. No, he came to be our savior, which means he had to come as a baby. And stop taking for granted the fact that, that you've heard it your whole life. Jesus was born as a human so that he could die for our sins. That's a detail we shouldn't take for granted. Here's another detail about this that we shouldn't take for granted. The angels said, This shall be a sign unto you ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. Now, it, this, the second point that I want you to just consider tonight is that Jesus was helpless, he, he was human. But he came helpless. Ye he shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. And see, mothers would take strips of cloth and they'd wrap their babies to protect them and keep them warm. Many mothers still do the same thing. You're binding your baby and and you know we wrap them real tightly in blankets. And you know people think it's cruel. It's not cruel. And, I mean, our, our kids always slept better when they were bound and and it, they're wrapped and they're secure and they're warm. Now you you know how it is if you have children then you know how easy it is for them to wiggle their arms out of a blanket. And, I mean, and, but think about it. Now, when we, we have central heat in our homes. Hopefully, you do in South Dakota. And, and so it's not that big of a deal if your baby gets out of, its, out of its binding, out of its blanket. But can you imagine if you had laid your baby in something like this, how important it would be for that baby to stay warm? You know, so, being bound, and, I, and so the point of this is this that Jesus was helpless. He came bound like a baby. In other words, he was just like us, and the reason for that is he, so he could relate to us. Here, here's the thing we're all born helpless. Right. And Jesus came, and in, as a baby, I mean, nothing is more helpless than a baby. Jesus needed warmth like you need warmth, he felt the things that you feel. He got cold, he got hungry, he got tired. He was The Bible says he was touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He came and he knew what it was like to be a human being. The swaddling clothes helped Christ relate to us. See, Jesus, here's the thing, Jesus came not for the strong, he came for the weak. He came weak and helpless in his body so that he would let us know that he came for us. He came for the weak ones. He came for the broken ones. He came for the ones that fail. And he he didn't come for the sinless because there's no sinless out there. We're all sinners. And you might think, there's no way. Listen, there's no way God could love me. I want you just to consider the fact if Jesus came and wrapped himself and bound himself in swaddling clothes... That means he loves you. He was willing to come, go to the greatest lengths for the worst among us. Only a person who views themselves then as helpless can be saved. Listen, it's a picture of the fact that we need him if we're going to be saved. If you think that you can earn, earn heaven on your own, you're going to be sorely disappointed. See, Christ came helpless to let the helpless know they have hope of heaven. And he allowed himself to be bound so that those bound in sin can have eternal life. He came helpless so that you and I can know that even we can be saved. He didn't come for the perfect. He didn't come for the people that have it all together. He came for the worst among us. He came and he sacrificed and he made himself a helpless baby to let us know that he's accessible to us. Nobody could have predicted that he would come as a helpless baby. He came as a human, he came helpless, and third, Jesus was humble. See, God, it says, this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in, what is it? A manger. Now, don't you think that God could have arranged for his birth to be more comfortable? I mean, he's the God of heaven. I mean, he could have at least stayed in a Motel 6. I mean, that would be more comfortable. But here's, here's the mindset God had. He, he didn't send him in comfort. Jesus came as uncomfortable as you possibly could get. If he was lying in a manger, there's probably straw or hay in that manger. He, he's probably not, that's not all that comfortable. I mean, hay looks soft, but have you ever tried to lay down in it? No, it's not very comfortable. But Jesus came uncomfortable he was in a place where animals dwelled and if you had been there you know what you would have said you would have said boy this poor couple I mean, they don't have any money obviously they don't have a place to put their baby but listen that's what Philippians 2 says about Jesus he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant it was made in the likeness of man and being found in fashion as a man he humbled himself in other words Jesus came and said I don't want special treatment I don't want to come. I don't want anything special. I don't want anything different. And you know what? It was a foreshadow of his life. He came with no place to be born. The Bible says that he had no place to lay his head when he was alive. And then when when he died, guess what? He had no place to be buried. You talk about humility. You know, sometimes life humbles us. We wouldn't choose it. But here's the God of heaven doing it on purpose. You know what humility does? It makes Jesus Christ accessible. It means he's not beyond our reach. It means that he came among us so we could know him. And again, he came the way he did because he was coming as savior. Not as king, not as ruler, not as governor, not as president. He came as savior. And the fact that he was a baby in swaddling clothes in a manger proves to us that he was coming to meet our greatest needs. See, our biggest problem is sin. All have come short. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And it says that, so our biggest problem is sin. And hell is the consequence. The wages of sin is death. And so that's the problem. Our big problem is sin. And our biggest consequence of that sin is separation from God forever. But the Bible says that Jesus Christ came and died in our place, and if we will just accept him as our Savior, turn from our sin, believe that he's the only door to heaven, the Bible says that we can be saved. Amen. See, if Jesus had come any other way, we couldn't be saved because we didn't need a king. We needed a Savior. Right. If our greatest need had been education, you know, God would have sent a professor. If our greatest need would have been money, God would have sent a rich man, a banker. If our greatest need had been advice, God would have sent a wise counselor. But our greatest need was to be saved from sin. So God sent a savior. He was human, he was helpless, and he was humble because we needed a savior. And in order to be saved, we must admit, listen, we must put ourselves in those, that position. We must admit that we're human, that we are sinners, and we must realize we are helpless. We can't do anything about it. Listen, I mean, we think that we can do something. We, we have our plans and we think we can work our way and be good enough. But we are helpless when it comes to salvation. We are human. We're sinners. We are helpless. We can't do anything about it. And the Bible says also we must come humbly admitting that we're sinners acknowledging we have no hope of heaven without him outside of Jesus Christ we must come humbly to God and admit our sin and look to Jesus as the only way to heaven through his death on the cross and place our faith in him alone and this is a surprise you know most of us think well you know the biggest surprise is that he came as a baby and that, you know, he was born as a, from a, in the, the womb of a, a virgin, carried him. And those are the surprises. No, the biggest surprise is this, that God would love me enough to do it. That's the biggest surprise about Christmas. All we have to do is repent of our sin and trust Christ alone. I, was, I, I used an illustration this morning, Jonah was in the play, he, he, he probably will be nominated for some kind of award for the innkeeper over here. Best actor in a comedy. But I used an illustration this morning. He's not here, so I can make up whatever I want. So this is great. Now Jonah, he, got a, he was telling me this morning he got his car stuck in the snow on his way to the church yesterday. Somebody ran him off the road. So he's, he gets into the snow and, and he's in a car so he, he doesn't have four-wheel drive and he doesn't have a big vehicle and he's just stuck in the snow. And, and so just imagine with me if Jonah was stuck in the snow and he's starting to think, you know what, I, I'm not moving. So I need to figure out how to get moving again. So he gets out of his car and he walks a couple miles down to the next exit, buys a gas can, puts gas in the gas can... Walks back to his car and fills his car up. You know, he says, well, I'm not moving. And I know a gas makes my car move. So I must need gas. This is not far-fetched, if you know Jonah, by the way. (laughs) So he puts gas in the tank, gets in the car, turns it on, steps on the gas. It's just spinning again. He's like, hmm. Well, I know that you have to have oil in order for your car to move. So he gets back out of his car, walks back to the next exit to the gas station, gets oil, goes back to his car, opens the hood, pours oil into the, into the place where you put the oil, hopefully. Puts the cap back on, good advice. Gets in the car, fires it up, puts it in drive, steps on the gas, Nothing. He's like, hmm, my car's not moving. I know I need, I need to make it move. You know what I need? I probably need new tires. So, so he goes back down. I don't even know how this would work. Okay, I didn't really think through this. <laughs> he gets four tires, and he's rolling all four down the freeway. <laughs> he gets to his car, and somehow, miraculously, he puts the new tires on his car gets in the car puts it in drive hits the gas nothing and he's starting to run out of ideas until somehow the Holy Spirit comes to him and says Jonah call a tow truck <laughs> so he gets on the phone calls a tow truck this is by the way this is what he did so I mean give him some credit this is the, <laughs> he did the right thing Call a tow truck, a tow truck comes, pulls his car out of the ditch, he gets on the road and drives off. You see, we say, that's a, that is so silly. I mean, what he needed was somebody to come save him. And yet that's a picture of the life of so many people on planet Earth right now. See, we're stuck in a ditch and our car's not moving. And so we're trying everything. We're we're putting gas in the tank, we're getting oil, we're replacing the belts, we're replacing the filters. I mean, we're getting new tires, we're doing all of this stuff over and over again. And all along, you know what? God in heaven is saying, "You don't need to work harder. You don't need your baptism." You don't need the works. You don't need to be a better person because you can't. You don't need this. You don't need that. You're trying it all in your strength. What you need is to call somebody that can show up and pull you out of the ditch and set you on the right path again. What we need is Jesus Christ. We don't need to work harder. We need a savior. We need somebody that can come along and pull us out of the ditches of life. The ditch of sin. And tonight, I would just want to beg you. You know, Christmas, I know it's nice and the songs and the lights and all of this. But what, what we need to recognize is that Jesus didn't come so we could have an excuse to get together with family and put up a Christmas tree. He came because we needed a savior. And tonight... You know, he's one of those 24-hour tow services. Meaning you can call on him at any time. And he'll come and he'll pull you out of the ditch you're in. You are a sinner and the consequence of sin is separation from God forever. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should should not perish, but have everlasting life. Tonight, listen, you need a Savior. If you miss the Christmas story, it's because you've missed the fact that he's the Savior. But if you miss the Savior, you know what you miss? You miss eternity. You miss heaven. And if you die without a Savior, you spend eternity separated from God forever. So tonight, I just want to say, would you call the right person? Call the Lord. You don't need you don't need this or that or that. You need the Savior, and tonight He's just, I mean, not to be trite. He's driving around looking for somebody to pull out of the ditch, and He'll do it for you. Come to the Savior, place your faith in the only One who could do something about your sin, which is your biggest problem. He came the way He did as a baby. Uh, he came uh, as a human. He came helpless and He came humble, and He did all of that because. You needed, I needed a savior. Honestly, that's the biggest surprise of Christmas. That the God of heaven would love me enough to make that available. But you know what might be a bigger surprise, like the rookie said? The bigger surprise might be that somebody could hear that and say, no. That somebody could hear that he came to save you from your sins and still walk out of a room Thinking, I got this on my own. Here's the truth. You can't do it on your own. You need a savior. You're helpless. You're hopeless. You're, you're a sinner. You need a savior. And tonight, I just want to encourage you, don't leave without saying Yes.